Welcome to Captivated Minds. This is our double feature on Escape from New York and L.A. This is our Movie Mayhem series. I'm Jake. And I'm Stan. We're going to talk about the last and final episode on our John Carpenter series. Now, the reason why we wanted to do a double feature is because you might as well do both of these. Back back, to back. Back to back. Uh, I mean, the first one, New York. And then L.A. The first one's great. L.A. is not bad. It's not it, great. It's not great, but it it's, has its moments. Right. It's we'll not we'll get into it when we get to L.A. Um, but we figured do when, a double feature. When might we, as well. Right. When we decide to pick certain um, directors, right? Whatever. You, I mean, freaking Carpenter's jack of all trades. That's right. He's done it all. Uh, we just uh, we're finished. Gonna, uh, I saw them precinct thirteen too. Right. So check that episode out too. So we we figured, like the the next big guy we're gonna do would be Wes Craven. Well, it won't be until closer to Halloween, but we're gonna end that series with a double feature. With a double feature, I think that's what we're gonna do before we move on to the next director. We'll we'll end them on a double feature. Two two of their movies back to back, uh, giving us double the the movie knowledge. Right. So this is uh, this is gonna be the Escape double feature. So if you haven't given our other episodes a listen, uh, give them a listen now because this will be the last one in the series for John Carpenter. We really want to thank our listeners who enjoy this segment, and we keep on. Uh, we want to keep doing the movie mayhem double features. And if there is a John Carpenter movie that we did not cover that you guys are interested in us doing, let us know and we'll re- revisit them. Because we did, we did cover uh, Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing. Halloween, Halloween 2. Halloween 2 is kind of a bonus one for us. And uh, Assault on Precinct 13. And this, these two. Uh, Escape from New York and L.A. We figured out we'd do the double feature. Yep. Mm-hmm. Talked yep. about Wes Craven being our next big one. So we'll be first be talking about New York and then L.A. Doing it in chronological order of how the movies came out. So this is uh, New York. Escape from New York. This is the opening scene. The film starts out. What we can assume is a theme from the movie. We see the title, Escape from New York, in bold letters. The first song, while the title gives us an upbeat tone, it does have a steady beat that cuts through the long title sequence. So we're already hearing Carpenter's signature music really bringing us right into the scene. And it's, it's good. It's distinct. Like It's, 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 it's there. It's something that... I would listen to. I think he actually put out his own album of all of his theme, I, oh. all of his theme music. You can actually find it on Amazon. I almost bought it a while ago. I'm definitely it's, gonna look but at it, it. It's a little expensive, but it's all of his like remastered soundtracks all onto one big. And I think it's like a hologram album. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I, I definitely might check that out because I I do I love. The score, his his original scores, right? His original scores, especially in this one. This one's like more it's my different. my type of thing. Yeah, it's, all of the scores are a little bit different. Yeah, and makes it makes it real new, uh, unique. New York, yeah, uh, New Yorky too. Yeah, very New Yorky and unique to each film. Every time he does a score, you you never hear the same type of um, sound in each. I think movie. we just created a word though, New Yorky. New York, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna use that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you're being a New Yorky. New Yorky. 1988, the crime rate in the United States rises 4%. 
we cut to this little bit of information. It's direct and to the point. It isn't voiceover, so that's a plus. Voiceover can be good and bad. It just depends on how it's used. Then we hear voiceover come on, and it's good voiceover. And it's also Jamie Lee Curtis. I didn't realize that. In both movies. Really? Yep. She's uncredited. Ah, that is why. She's the robotic voice we hear. No shit. That's right. That's cool. Yeah. I, I found that cool. out when I was doing my research that it's Jamie Lee Curtis. That is really cool. I did not know that. Yep. I, that makes me like it even like better. More, yeah. So I do like how the, the voiceover of Jamie Lee Curtis flows naturally and it's to the point. It just tells us, the audience, what we really need to know. The computer graphics in these scenes do seem a little dated, but it works overall. The music and the tone of the music help. We cut to 1997, another title card. We're moving through a prison. We hear chatter from the guards in the background, and we aren't sure what is happening just yet. We see New York, and it looks like a grim outlook of what used to be a, a city. We see a helicopter shot down, two men in a little raft, and it is kind of funny and serious. They try to move to escape to get the shot, and then back from where they were coming from. We follow the chopper uh, through the back end of the city as it lands at Liberty Island. Liberty Island, security control. These are, names are a little over the top, but it does seem like a kind of fitting and fits the tone of the film. The first few moments of the film are kind of slow, and it really doesn't kick off until after the eight-minute mark. So once we get eight minutes, the titles, cards, and the voiceover, that's when the movie just really pushes it into high gear. We hear a mayday in a restricted airspace, and we see a ship has landed. Air Force One has crashed. Air Force One is hijacked by a group. The president has just crashed in Air Force One in an escape pod in, you've guessed it, New York City. I like how the escape pod looks like a... Uh, it looks like Star Wars. It does. Uh, it has like this eggy shape That's to right, it. That's right, yeah. And it's just... <laughs> it's, it's weird. So here are some fun facts we've uh, found from IMDb. Kurt Russell has stated that this is one of his favorite films of all time, and he loves playing Snake Plissken. I wonder if when he played Captain Ron, if he took the look of, of Snake, Snake Plissken. Because it... Have you seen Captain Ron lately? I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember... <laughs> but it has this, like... The same type of look, you know, the eye patch, yep. the long hair, that type or of even when he's in Death Proof too, that kind of like that proof, swagger yeah. movement of Death Proof too. But yeah, I have to say this is uh, one of my favorite characters for him to play is Snake. Okay, here's one for you: Snake Plissken, Jack Burton. Why'd you do that? I mean, only one you got to choose. Only one you got to choose. Which one? Which one would you like? More Jack Burton, Snake Plissken. Snake. Are you sure? I'm going Snake. You don't. So you're saying you don't like Jack Burton? So that's what you're saying? I'm not. <laughs> no, you. You put me in a box. Nah, I'm putting. Put, what's in the box? You put me in the box. So you like Snake more? I like Snake. Okay, I, I like Snake. So I, you don't like Jack Burton's playful personality? So that's what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the open narration in the computer's voice is the first person, first in the first prison we've seen provided by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. So we've already kind of established that. And John Carpenter was interested in creating 
two distinct looks for the film. One was the police state, the high tech, lots of neon, a United States dominated by underground computers. The second was to easily shoot, uh, compare the Manhattan Island prison sequences, which had few lights. And so they wanted to have a contrast, basically. Yeah, they made they made it like real gritty mm-hmm. and dark and, yep. and st- so on and so forth. Okay, here's some general information about the movie. Uh, the budget was six million. It made twenty five. It was a hit. It was a hit. Yeah, it was a hit, and I would, it was a big hit. I would still consider this a classic to this day. So movie. nowadays, it would be considered a low budget movie, like a Blumhouse Blumhouse movie, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. Get Out, Get Out was made for five million, and it made a hundred. Really? Yeah. So, oh so, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, so yeah. something like that, six million dollar budget, almost making thirty. That's, that's huge. That's huge. It's still that's great. So here are some of the filming locations. The uh, Fox Theater, uh, St. Louis, uh, Missouri, corner of 21st Street and Locust, downtown St. Louis, Union Station, St. Louis, uh, Chain of Rock Bridge, St. Louis, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Grand Hall, in uh, St. Yeah, a lot of it was St. Louis in Atlanta. Yeah. St. Louis and like one Atlanta. Yeah. So that's wow. why it gives it kind of that aesthetic. And that's weird. Like nowadays, everything is almost filmed entirely in either Hollywood or Atlanta or New York or New York, Toronto things. Toronto is a big thing, but that's because of all the different things they can get from Canada yeah. for filming. Yeah. So uh, who's in it? We got uh, Kurt Russell, Snake Plissken, Lee Van Cleef, Hawk. Ernest Borgnine, Cabby, Donald Pleasant. I love Ernest. I really I lo- do. I like, he, yeah, that was a good one. Donald Pleasance as the president. Good old chef. I mean, Isaac Hayes as the Duke. <laughs> chef. <laughs> I, I had to. I had to. Yeah. And then that, that was re- Henry Dean Stanton, too. That was another good one that yeah. was in there, too. Yeah. So those are all the. the yeah, Henry, Henry Dean is another, like. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. So. Is this film a classic to you yes. before I get into it? 100%. Why is it a classic? You, you tell me. Uh, to me, what makes a classic movie is rewatchability. Um, so how many times could you rewatch this one? If you had that, like, oh, I, is it like one God, of the ones I you could, can fall asleep to? Or is it like, oh, no, if it's I on? Could, I could watch this like once a day. Once a day? Yeah. If I really wanted to. So I, I have, I've tried this before where... I just thrown it on yeah. to just for background noise while I'm doing something, and I still end up sitting down watching it. So, out of all the John Carpenter movies that we've seen in this series, which one is the most uh, rewatchable to you? Ooh, that we've covered. That's right. Just that, in our series. Okay. Just in this series that so we've got... covered. I would say this because for Ooh, I would have gone Halloween. Now, Halloween for me is one of those where I can I can sit there and watch it. Yeah. But I tend to save Halloween for to Halloween for like October. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in October that's when I watch like all the Halloweens yeah, and the yeah, Jasons yeah. and stuff like but that. But I, I I would think that uh, Halloween would be more rewatchable or we watchable again just mm-hmm. because of how it's set up and it just all seems right. like I mean, it's, a thr- it's, it's a solid thriller, it, but this one too is its own thing. It's its own thing. So, I mean, if you take it as one being an action flick, one being and a one thriller. being a thriller. To me, they're both kind of they're both tied. So I would say 
Escape from New York is a classic in its own right. It doesn't stand out as one of the best action movies of all times, but it does stand out for having a strong, high concept and a strong production design. Both of those make this film work. Uh, with also Kurt Russell's chemistry, it also really makes the film work. Yeah, I, I mean, I just a good Kurt Russell action film. Like yeah. I can, I get behind it because yeah. he he's just I, I love him in his action films. I really do. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, he did the thing. That's right, and it was fantastic. It was great. You know. Yeah, I, I forgot we covered the thing. We did it. Yep. So. Te- okay, can so I change the, my answer? Te- okay, technically okay. the thing okay. I would take over this. So your top three for these for the series. My top three would be Halloween thing. Not in that order. Okay, but. so you have three, three Carpenter movies. Yeah, We're so talking- I would Halloween, yeah. the thing, and um, Escape from New York. Those so, are my so top. So no three. Big Trouble. Big Trouble would be in my top four. Okay, so I would go <laughs> the thing, yeah. Halloween, and. Uh, We have Halloween, The Thing, Big Trouble, Big Trouble, and then this one, right? And then Halloween 2. Halloween 2, yeah. Yeah, so I would go uh, The Thing, Halloween, and then uh, Big Trouble in China. Big Trouble in China, yeah. So here are uh, favorite scenes. We have uh, 13 of them. Uh, 13, the police go in and try to rescue the president, and it's a quick scene, but they move fast, and they go in, and then they move in the night. We just go from having no one ready to a small army ready really quickly. The pod is found intact and locals meet the cops. 20 seconds and he dies. It adds tension and shows the power of the city and its occupants. I don't know if you have this question, okay? But I'm going to throw it out there. In that scene, okay, you see two helicopters. Yep. Two, right? You see both of them land. And you see a group come out of one, group come out of the other. And then all of a sudden, you see another group come out of nowhere. No, I don't I don't think I have that in my yeah. questions. It comes out of nowhere. This You're watching these groups. You're literally seeing these helicopters land. And two groups come out. But then there's this third group that runs like behind a building somewhere yeah. and joins the others. So it starts out looking, okay, there's like... Five from this one, five from yeah. that one, and now there's only there's like thirty people. <laughs> I, I don't think I have that. It, in my, it was uh, something questions. that I that yeah. I noticed. I think I, I, I think I had other things that I picked up on pretty quickly and noticed. Um, number twelve, snakes intro. Uh, from the first scene, we move into a man being taken down a hallway, surrounded by cops. We hear a voice over hel- overhead tell us the rules of the prison. We get teased snake for a quick snippet but the scene with snake and bob the two shot in the office is great it is a simple setup but it delivers what we need call me snake is a great line we get a little exposition of who he is and what he has done and then go in find the president 24 hours get him get him back right what was your take on that little intro scene for snake just the just the him in the office just that one scene it's it's great it it puts this like who's it asks you who's in charge in that scene him snake or bob snake because i mean bob's in charge but snake pretty much turns it around like do you realize who you're talking to that's right you know that's why he throws out cuz they keep calling him pliskins and of course we'll get to that that's at the a end. big jo- that's a big but, joke for both films but yeah. it's like 
they keep calling Puskins, and it's like, what are you thinking? No, you don't call me that. You call me Snake. Snake. You know, yeah. throwing his his authority out there. You don't understand who you're talking to. That's right. Uh, number 11, we have the crazies live in the subway. It's kind of like a James Bond-like scene. You see the gadgets and toys Snake has. It's a quick, but it's also an effective scene. <laughs> yeah, he does. He has all these like little toys G- that he can gadgets, play with yeah. and stuff, which... Uh, in the, we'll get to it in the second one, but the second one increases This is actually more. a setup for the second one, too, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting all the different play Toy, things. That's right. And, See, of course, um, he's, at this time, he he has uh, the explosive in him. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's also a theme in the movies that he, the, the reason ticking, why. The ticking clock. Right. The reason why he has to finish it in a certain time is because something may happen to so him they, himself. They typically call that a MacGuffin. Yeah. Uh, scene number 10, the scene where Snake is driving the plane on the roof of the building. It does start slow, but it builds very quickly. You see the conversation with Bob get to the point where they each bust each other's balls a little, and Snake finds a spot to land on the top. And the scene continues to build as it looks like Snake will die as he lands, and it could make this movie somewhat different. The overhead shot of the plane right on the edge of the building looking down. We can see the perspective of the building as we see the uh, the plane from the aerial shot. Is it this a metaphor for how small Snake is in the grand scheme of things? He lands and you just see Snake go off right to work. He doesn't fuck around. He does what he needs to. Now, uh, the World Trade Center and the plane stuff just kind of give it a creepy feeling. The scene ends where we hear uh, the classic music from Carpenter and a small scare in the background hallway. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's like wow. If he was just a couple more inches, he would have fall, fallen fallen right off. Yeah. It would have been a different movie. different movie. <laughs> That's right. So here's number nine: Snake entering the theater, tracking the president's pulse. Is it quiet at first? The scene's quiet at first. And then we hear the music, and we know he's walking into something. We don't know what. It's an actual theater performance, not what we were expecting. Looks like the kind of Wild West. The only words we hear from uh, the from, from this area is just the music. And we hear, you're Snake Plissken. Snake finds his way into a dungeon where he sees a girl and just keeps walking. Nice, nice boots, Chief, is kind of a funny line. He gets ambushed, but takes them all on. The tracer isn't on the right person. So, what I find funny about this is, for one, the the scene is funny, because it's like a blur, uh, burlesque performance, yeah, right. but that, they're all men. That's right. And It's a comical scene. The, the other thing is, he's walking through these areas, and not one person is saying anything. He's carrying a gun and stuff. And not one person is like blinking an eye, right? That's right. And then Cabby. Yeah. All of a sudden, hey, I know who you are. You're Snake Fliskins. <laughs> yeah. Like randomly. Yeah. The taxi cab uh, pickup is kind of funny. Where are you going, buddy? The, the cab driver is hilarious and dangerous at the same time. He talks a lot and it's kind of a loose cannon type of friend. He tells us twice how long the uh, cab, he's been driving a cab the Duke has him now. The cab driver tells Snake. Snake kind of turns on him briefly to find the Duke and save the president. Snake is a special case. The scene showcases each of the characters in their friendly dynamic. So the cab driver tells uh, 
the fortress, his name's Caddy. Like, what kind of code name is Caddy? Do they give Milkman, like, Milky? Is that his, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, because you drive a cab? Yeah. You're now dubbed Caddy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the scene ends with Snake saying he wants to meet the Duke. <laughs> Duke. <laughs> I want to meet the turd. I want to meet the turd. Uh, Brain and Snake and the crew go after the Duke. See, again, because the guy's smart, they just yeah. call him Brain. You it's know, like, that's the thing. Cavi. Right. They don't have to give names. Right. They can't just lose. And Snake. Yeah. New Brain. That's right. New Brain. And, of course, there was this, we'll see in the second, because it's mentioned in the second one, that's too, right. where you have this, like, all of a sudden he finds someone he knew, and they somehow fucked him over in the past. That's right. And now they're getting what's coming. Right. Um, Cabby just makes a run as they do, and then Snakes holds up the rear. The Duke passes as they all watch from a distance. It is clear there is clearly no match for a snake. A small army of cars roll up. Snake has a plan. Snake is to go. Snake is going to uh, go across town without being seen by Duke. So driving a stolen car to get across town is the best idea he has. The car gets beat the crap out of by homeless people, and it's kind of a tension-building scene. Snake tells them to hold on as he backs up the car through cars. These couple of scenes bring us more into a heist element of a film. Uh, six, saving the president. It's a great uh, oh crap moment. When Snake jumps right into it and saves him, Snake just goes in, gets the president while killing the two guys, and then telling the president to move his ass along. Snake now has the president and gets jumped by a gang. Brain betrays Snake and almost instantly, and the Duke shows up uh, to Snake. The Duke tortures Snake, and the Duke also uh, heard Snake was dead. That's one of the running jokes is uh, Snake was dead. You're right, yeah. Yeah. And number five, the Duke was shooting the president and it's just kind of having fun with him. It's like a cat and mouse sort of scene. He's just toying with them, messing around. Yeah, uh, taking the gun and shooting around yeah. him and, yeah. and stuff like that. And number four, Snake is taken in front of the uh, crow, uh, crowd of people. It feels like Snake has lost everything and he, everything he's fought for is gone. And now he has to fight in a cage match to the death. The Duke has everyone silent and tells them that the president's head will be on the head of his car as the fight begins. Snake also manages to get a couple of good shots in before killing time. Uh, uh, He also fights the other guy. The fight slowly starts as Snake looks like he's beat early on. This scene is also cut with the next scene so they both moves kind of fast with the edits. Snake wins the fight. The Duke runs off. Uh, number three, Brain and Maggie go for the president. We think Brain was an, uh, a bad guy at the beginning. Becomes through for Snake at the end and saves the president. They shoot their way out to get to the president. It cuts back to Snake in the cage as Snake goes after him. I like the kind of back and forth I, that was I, going on. I love, I love how they did that because yeah. it's showing how multiple actions e- going each, on at once. What each character is doing yeah. at that time. Yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to sit there and question it. Yeah. So it, it, it's nice. It's a nice little follow through. Uh, Snake and the gang running from Duke only to find Caddy waiting for them outside, saving them last minute to make their escape. 
Cavi came in and has the tape of Snake as saving Snake and the president while the Duke is on the run to get them. The scene turns into a heist scene and a car chase, a big car chase kind of scene. Everyone is slowly being picked off in Snake's crew as Snake and the president keep running against the clock. Maggie makes a sacrifice to save Snake. Which also you'll find in the second film. It's a running joke. How There's a lot of running jokes. You have all these people that are alive with Snake. Yeah. And then it's just Snake and the president. Yeah. <laughs> Snake saves the president and the uh, yeah, tape and only has a moment to spare. He gets the bombs removed. And as the uh, the timer ends, Snake has done the job that he needed to do. Snake comes by and talks to the president. The president thanks Snake and the people who helped him. The president just seemed to be a big old butthole in that to Snake and gives Snake this awful feeling that he had done he had saved the wrong person. They set up a sequel towards this film and it was a good idea. Snake does get the final laugh in the tape he had with Woods had. Snake was the winner of the film and the guy did what he did uh, had to do what he had to do. Basically. I, I like how the president gets saved. Yeah. And like, all right, you you have to be on on camera in two seconds. So they yeah. like pretty much like cover up all of his wounds with makeup. Yeah. Throw throw on his clothes. Okay, now you are addressing the world. Yeah. In not a lot of time. So we are some of the questions we had while watching it. How could uh, how come they could track the crash before it happened and yet watch it happen while before they did anything? Yeah, you're seeing you're seeing Air Force One, yeah, and you're like, okay, this is where it's gonna be. Why not have people already take off already to intercept it? Or um, you're you're then realizing, oh, the president's gonna be lost in the city. It took some time. Yeah, when you could already have boots on the ground searching. Yeah. What does uh David? What does David fourteen? Is it a Bible reference? Ooh, I never even. I don't know. Is it? I don't. That's not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know that one. Um, how come we see our main character way before the main character before the president, and then it cuts back to the other stories? The opening scene shift around a little bit is a giant. Yeah. yeah. So how can they track the pod so fast? That was the other big thing. Well, the weird, the weird thing about it when they're tracking. I noticed when they're tracking the plane. Yeah. Right. It it was almost like the plane crashed before the pod was even. That's right. That's the odd thing about it. It was a little jarring. Yeah. It it was just like there was no oh the pod's been launched and we're tracking it. It was pretty much oh the plane went down. Oh here's the pod. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. It was, and how does the vice president know so fast? Yeah, that's the other thing. That was a little weird. It was a little weird. Just like instantly know that, oh yeah, the president's been yeah. The, like pre- he, the president automatically was held hostage. That yeah. was like the yeah, big thing. I know. Yeah. Uh, it's eight forty-five p.m. How long does it uh, take since the crash? There's a kind of a time jump if you there, noticed that. There is a time jump. Yeah, it goes from how long has the president been cra- been from the accident to the landing? How long has that been? And then from the landing to when Snake gets there, how long has that been? 
seems like it, it was a while, doesn't That's it? That's right. Yeah. It seems like there's a long period of time between the uh, the pod landing and then Snake landing the plane on the roof. Right. Yeah. And then we have the ticking time clock with Snake. So we only see that time clock coming forward, coming down. But we don't know how long. Between, the, between the right. two events. That's right. right. Where did uh, Snake get the smoke and the match from? Or did he just have it? I bet you he just had it. Okay. I, I bet you it was one of those things where um, it, it's not really said, but it could be implied that they searched him before yeah. they came in. Yeah. And it's like, I still have this. Yeah. How long has uh, Bob had the deal in the works? And if the president didn't go down, where was Snake going to be used? Well, I think Snake was automatically going to be put in the in New York anyways, right? Because of his crimes. I don't think so. I think he was going to be put somewhere else. But because the maybe, pre- maybe used yeah. as a... Another form of military, military asset. asset. Yeah. That could have been, yeah. Uh, so they're using modern GPS to find the president? Weird, huh? Think about it. Weird. It's very because weird. Because that was before GPS, GPS was, was a thing. thing. Maybe it was talked about. It might have been talked about. Like military forms of GPS, but right. it was like using your phone as your GPS sort of thing. Yeah, because yeah. he had a little tracking device to find his little bracelet. That's right. Yeah. So we go uh, from twenty-four hours to twenty-four hour, twenty-two hours. So the clock is ticking faster. It's kind of glossed over. Like every time he looks at the clock, it seems right. like only ten minutes has passed, but it's really been two hours when Snake right. is doing an action. Yeah. Right. Like he. <laughs> He runs down the stairs of the World Trade Center, and all of a sudden, that took like an ten hour of yeah, his time. That's right. When it, Should I mean, I understand ten. it's a te- it's a big building, but an hour. The World Trade Center hour, too. That's like, come on. Yeah, you're right. Every time he looks at it, it just seems like it's quick, 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 quick. What do you What do you think of the World Trade Center too? When they kind of mention that, and they kind of go through it pretty quickly too. That was kind of a yeah neat little thing. Uh, dissolving bombs. What do you think the logic is behind that? Um. So, do you think the logic works with the dissolving bomb? I don't think it would. Because you'd have to time it perfectly. That's right. And and I would think that everyone's body would be, would would, uh, dissolve it quicker or or differently, differently, depending on what's in their blood or whatever. Is it a snake's plane or is it a glider? For a plane, it's really quiet. For a glider, it just moves quietly. So what is it? It's a glider. It's a glider? Yeah, it's a glider. So if it's a glider, then why isn't it dragged up? It is. It's gla- It's dragged up by a um, a prop plane, a one-engine plane. Ah, okay, because yeah. I, I didn't see it. When yeah, I was so um, it's dragged up with that one thing, and uh, then it's... So that's why he has to land on the World Trade Center, so because his, yeah, his yeah. whole point is to... Come back down. Yeah, go yeah. back in there and go down. Uh, we see Snake Snake loading his gun as he walks through the rubble. He's not it, he's not only loading it; he's like building. The that's thing. right. Why yeah, didn't he you know load I mean? it up in the World Trade Center? I know he waits until he gets on the ground. That's right. But he's like he's, he's already literally in, he's throwing, already in it. He's throwing a magazine in. He's adding a silencer. He's adding. He's building. Why the didn't gun. he do that when he was walking down the steps? You think that would be something you that's would right. do because you, you have time. You know what? Yeah. I want to have this as soon as I walk out that's the door. Right. So I'm going to put it together now. Is uh, Snake just walking slow or his time just moving faster for him? Maybe he's just slow. I think he's just slow. <laughs> I think he's slow. He's just slow. Yeah. Snake just gets there and yet people already know him. 
Like, how many people know this guy? This is this is where I know I it's get, a, a part of a running joke, but like, how many people re- realistically though like know this guy? Every almost every single. Hey, I recognize you. Yeah. Hey, or, I know you. Hey, you're Snake. That's and right. It's like, how do you, how do you know? How I mean, you should be locked into this prison for God knows how long, and you know who he is. That's right. <laughs> Uh, the uh, tracing situation is kind of funny. The homeless guy just walks up and finds it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just me, or does is, is this movie just a lot of uh, Snake walking around? It's a lot of him walking around. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot of just walking around. Yeah. <laughs> See, the homeless people that live underground, are they homeless or mutants? We don't really... It's not, it's really, not really explained. Right. They're, it's implied that they're one thing, but it's implied they're another thing, too. Yeah. I, I mean, cannibals. I, I asked you to ask that. Are they cannibals? Oh, yeah. Are they cannibals? I would say yes. Or zombies? They, I would say definitely cannibals. Yeah. Because they, like, suck that girl through the floor. Yeah, that's right. The thing is, after be, like for the first part, they're not being quiet. They're no. actually talking to each other. That's right. And then all of a sudden, they, they just come out of nowhere. And, yeah. Right. Uh, code names, really? Really good or really bad? Uh, I'm on the fence with it. Okay, because there's, there, there's some of the code names where like Cabby, right? Is that a good They're, one or a bad name? I just think it's like they got kind of bored with coming up with names, so like Cabby. So <laughs> would would Snake be Snakey? Brain. Brain. <laughs> would Snake be Snake? Slippery Snake. snake. Yeah, he's a slippery snake. Uh, that yeah. <laughs> Maggie is she a butler or a fighter? Fighter. Because she seems like a butler to that other guy a little bit. She she does. She's like an Alfred, a female Alfred. She does, but I I believe it's it's they had a relationship, so okay. it was. It's more, not really implied though. It's kind no, of no. It's not implied, glossed over. But you could tell when he gets killed at the end. Yep. Where she had like love for him. Yeah. That's why she it, she didn't care that she gave herself up. Yeah. Uh, Maggie and Harold fighting. I think it's kind of funny. Their chemistry is kind yeah, of yeah. yeah. It's really good. Um, why is the car just covered in wire? Um, I can't remember. If there's a reason because technically all the cars that are there they're run off of steam. Okay. Like they're steam powered cars. They don't actually run off of gasoline. So I, I don't know if it's a cosmetic thing or actually function. Yep. Like. That that's where I'm at with that. Uh, one. Whose head was on a stick? Whose head was on a stick? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's just there. Yeah. Uh, how fast was he going when he was backing up into the car wall? Because it looks like he was only going thirty or forty. Right. But when he's going through the car wall, it looks like he's booking a good solid eighty. Right. So how fast do you think he was going? Well, in order to get through the wall, he had to be going fast. I mean, you can hit someone at going 30 and still make a good fair amount of damage. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Uh, what's up with the uh, the down view? It looks kind of simple, but why are the body scans? Like the body scan view sort of thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some things I'm, I I wondered why they kind of added yeah. in. Like, did you really need to put that? Yeah. The Duke is shouting at the president uh, with Snake's gun. I mean, is it just a toy with them, or is it just because he wanted the president? Well, here's the other thing. Have you ever noticed or get sick of seeing the bad guy has the upper hand 
But he doesn't do anything but with it. He doesn't do anything with it. That's so right. Notice the gun. Yeah. Why not just shoot the president? That's right. Uh, what kind of shot can unlock a suitcase? You, you're a shooter. You, can you depends, unlock? Depends on the lock. So if it was uh, so, I mean, a solid lock on a suitcase. So technically. Or how flimsy was that that lock I mean, then? Shooting a suitcase, you probably could open it with whatever gun that was. Yeah. That, that, a suitcase, you could probably open I got you. I mean, with a padlock or something like that, they say it has to be like a rifle round in order to, depending on the type of lock it is. The Duke does a ransom. Like, of all the things you could do, a ransom? Really? <laughs> like, no, yeah. nothing else you can no, ask for? No, no. no airplane or money or right. destroy the social politics on the island, but just a, just a ransom? Just okay. a ransom. Um, why does no one mention the cage death match? Would have been fun. Would have been good to know earlier. Right. Build it up. Build it up. Cage death match. Just have two people was, talking about it. It was one of those like quick things. Yeah. All of a sudden he's walking through and now he's uh, in a cage fighting for the match. death. It would have been right. funny if they mentioned it earlier. Hey, just to let you know, this is what you're going to. That's right. How does Snake get into a bad situation and just makes it worse every it's, time? It's almost like he's just full of bad luck. That's right. Just constantly. Yep. It just gets worse and worse. worse. And then finally he works its way out. That's right. How does the cab just jump the car? Why is the Duke alone chasing him? Where are all the other drivers? We see all of his gang of drivers earlier. And, and then, then they, they just, just kind of like disappear. It was like, oh, right. Oop, oh, nope. Just implied okay. that they stopped, I yes. guess. Uh, Maggie shoots off a fruit, a fruit, yeah, a few rounds to the Duke and she misses like almost every shot. Why didn't she just wait till he was closer? I know. She sure. she emptied the gun. And yeah, you could have waited the two seconds and right. then got the shot and then jumped out of the way. No. Nope. How does Duke miss all of the shots too? Exactly. They like, did they all just... go to red shirt training school or what? <laughs> Stormtrooper University. Yeah, Stormtrooper <laughs> Academy where no yeah. one makes a shot. Um. Why does the president wait so long before shooting? Like he waits so long. He waits a long, a long time. time. Yeah. Maybe because he didn't want to shoot Snake, because yeah. Snake did save him, so it's like, I, I'll risk shooting him, Yeah, maybe. He kills the Duke, but like, why wait till Snake was almost dead? That that too. That was kind of a dick move. That was kind of a dick move. How did uh, Snake switch the tapes the second time? See, it must be, it's a quick slide of hand type, yeah. Of, yeah. type of thing, where it's like, you think... He has one, but then he, he was listening to it in the car. So yeah. it wasn't easy for him to pull that one out and then grab Switch. another one with his hand and have two. Why didn't President check the tape? Before using it? Yeah. I think it's because he didn't have time. Because literally, he gets brought over the wall yeah. and they instantly put him in makeup and a new suit yeah. and say, you're on the air. Does this work? Does the movie work as a whole? I'll let you take that one first. Yes. I, I think this this movie, between the action, uh, comedy, yep. um, it, it flows really nice. The scoring's there. I, I believe this. It's a great movie. I think it works as a whole, too. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I um, think uh, – all the little dynamics and the all the things that are built up throughout the movie really uh, make it work a lot better. Yeah, and uh, I mean, 
Kurt Russell did a hell of a job. Yes, he did. In it, and um, you know, we're we're gonna get into it with the second one and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of I, it does I, have a che- cheesy aspect to it, but that's I, a good kind of cheesy though. I did like the fact they did a second one, but I'm almost like wish they waited a couple more years before they did it. Really yeah. get a good like script and everything and I really mean, cash it, it out. Right. So that's my that's my take on it. I, I love it. I, yeah. I think it's I think it's great too. I think it's a hell of a film. The ending uh really sums up the whole movie so far. Snake and the president one on one. Snake given the uh choice and uh Snake just does what he does to kinda Work himself along, be the the morally great guy. Yeah, he turns back into his outlaw self. Yep. And when the head dude says, "Hey, Snake," that's when he goes, "You call me Fliskins." Yeah. You know, again, it went from showing him who's boss. Like yeah. you don't get to call me Snake. At the beginning, it was you call me Snake because he called him Fliskins, and at the end, it was like. No, you don't get to call me Snake. You call me Fliskins. Yeah. So that was a nice little touch. Yeah. Touch on it. This is Escape from L.A. We begin with title cards like last time. A different type of music. We feel like we are in something different, but something we've seen before. The We begin uh, seeing and hearing different things a little bit than uh, in New York. The music seems to be a little bit more upbeat than New York. It seems to almost be a little bit less robotic, and the music is being blasted. But there's a lot of similarities too. Just in like, the yeah, just like in seeing the, the only the, the only yeah. difference is this is God. What year is this supposed to be? Two thousand late two thousands. Yeah, something like that. So it's far beyond the Escape from New York. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, t- it takes place years later. We begin this movie in 1998, and again, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is talking to us just like in the first film. We can clearly see a racist president ranting on about nonsense. No, it's not the news. It's the movie. A big earthquake destroys L.A. in the year 2000. The president becomes president for life. L.A. becomes its own country. L.A. becomes its own wasteland. You know, when you're watching this, did you kind of look at it and and went, that's man, not, that's not supposed to be the news. Man, this sounds like it could be 2020. Yeah, you know it, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> like it's close. It's it says 2013 in the movie, right? So, so that, 2013. So we're not far off. No, we're about seven years, but still not far. <laughs> uh, a news anchor gives us a little bit of exposition of who Snake is, just so we catch up on who Snake is a little bit. But, uh, here's some fun facts from the movie. We find most of our fun facts from IMDb. That's a great source for us. According to an interview with John Carpenter, Kurt Russell not only came up with, but wrote the entire ending of the movie. Oh, I didn't realize he wrote the entire ending. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That I just is... thought he was just like a co-writer. I didn't realize he actually wrote... The, yeah, he. I think he's credited for writing the whole ending, which is pretty oh, neat. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, the film was caught in development hell for a long time. The... The script was first commissioned in 85, but then Car- uh, Carpenter did some other projects and had to come back to it. Uh, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter got back together, and uh, that's how they got to Escape to LA. I mean, you, you can't really do one of those movies without 
the main guy. Like, without either one. They no. have to both do it. That's right. They're in um, it to win it. Or I, could, it I couldn't all. imagine watching it if you either rehired someone to play Snake or found a new director to direct the movie. Or have both of them in limited capacity, too. That wouldn't be right. the best idea, either. Uh, Kurt Russell actually says that playing Snake Plissner was his favorite character to play. Do you believe it? I kind of do. Yeah. Uh, he He's one of those, like... Chameleon-like actors who could he, be anyone. He can do anything. Like, when you're watching his movies, um, it, it's the same as, like, if you're watching, like, Johnny Depp yeah. play, play a part and stuff. He kind of, like, immerses himself into the role, and you can tell it's not... Just it, Johnny Depp. It's, it's him being someone. It's him being someone. Yeah. And it's just weird, because you, you look at him playing Snake, and then, God... Some, a movie like Sky High or Sky High, but you can also see the differences between like Captain Ron. There we go, yeah. Captain Ron. Yeah, even though they look similar, they're totally different. They're a totally different person, and you can see and hear the difference in the two characters. Yeah. Uh, so the budget was right around fifty million. It only made uh, eight million, nine million, roughly, in the U.S. Now. That's a huge, that's a huge drop. That's a huge drop. Now I wonder, I wonder why. Now we'd have to we, do some more research into the, the I, movies of that year to see what it was up against. And too. I believe me and you discussed this before. This one isn't our like favorite between the two. We both love like New, New York. York. New but, York, but is, we wanted to give L.A. just a little bit more right. of love too because it, they're I'm, both Carpenter films. I'm wondering why it did so bad. <laughs> It could have been it was a bad year for movies. I know this year has been a bad year somewhat for movies, uh, yeah. too. So they have good years and bad years. But it only it only made gross about $25 million and something. So it only wow. made about half of what it really did. Is that? I wonder if that's why there hasn't been a third one. That make, would make sense. So here's where it was uh, filmed. Uh, Texas, Long Beach, a water park resort, uh, Los Angeles Sports Arena, Miami, Florida, uh, and then Universal Studios on the back lot. So the sports arena must be when he, the the pointless scene where he's playing basketball. Yeah, I think I think that's it. But the water park scene, you could tell which one is that too. Right. It also uh, filmed on the back lot in Singapore, uh, in Universal again, another set location. They just had multiple locations for the set themselves, and then uh, a Los Angeles theater downtown. Yeah. So they pretty much stuck with yeah uh, one area. I mean, there was a few outside but so who's in it we have uh kurt russell that's snake plissken steve buscemi love um, steve oh love steve. this was a funny funny little role. man on stars eddie peter fonda pipeline i like peter fonda in this one yeah <laughs> peter fonda is good in this one yeah and then uh cliff robertson pam greer bruce campbell bruce campbell he couldn't even recognize i i know it was weird and i didn't like it <laughs> I, you couldn't re because they had such they had to throw so much plastic because he needed to look like he's this like obsessed surgeon or like Elvis, right? So they made him like square. His face was like real square. They filled in his jaw. They had too. a right, it would look just so weird because the the man has an amazing face. That's right, and it's very recognizable. That's right. So I'm wondering and his voice too. In his voice, so they had. <laughs> it's almost like they. Hey, you know what? We need to add more padding here on his cheeks because yeah. they indent a little bit. Yeah, so they know? puffed him out a little so, bit. <laughs> I can't believe that. So that's who's uh, in L.A. But I love, I love Steve Buscemi. Like, even though it was most, a small role, 
It's a small role. Most of the time, I don't think I've ever seen. He's never mained a, a role. I don't think Fargo. Oh, Fargo. Yeah, yeah, Fargo, that's right. He's the main guy. Uh, then uh, Reservoir Dogs. He's one of the main guys. Oh, so I guess he's done a couple of them. Yeah. Oh, and Airheads. Airheads. Yeah. See, oh, I forgot about Airheads. I too. forgot about Airheads. Yeah. So he's the main guy in a few of them. He is a main he guy. He picks and chooses. I do, I do love him in his little short, short little, and, and that's why I like these these movies. You have these real actors. These real, they're not like some B. No, they really want to probably work with either Kurt Russell or John Carpenter or both of them. They but, really like but these it's movies. cool because it's like they play play this small little role. Yeah, and then they end up like maybe dying like two seconds. It doesn't later. matter. So it, it doesn't it, matter. It's the role. I mean, it's like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna start in a Carpenter movie with Kurt Russell. It's like Steve Buscemi and Big Fish. He was only in it for maybe <laughs> ten minutes, but his part is just a little weird. But yeah. it's it works. It's there. Uh, would you think this film is a classic? Before we get into it, uh, I so I would not put this in. I would not put it as a classic. I I would put New York as a classic. I understand. Yeah, you me know, too. You I, know get, what I, mean? I get that. Yeah, so, New York is definitely a classic, but I, L.A. would not like, be a classic. Not a little bit. I mean, I don't think it's a classic either. But I mean, people did flock to video stores and things like that a long time ago. And we can see that New York was probably a lot more popular, right? But L.A. is a little bit more over the top. So that's the I, thing. I think, I think it's because because it was over the top that over the top and, and it was a long like, time between sequels yeah that could have been so something i think to that's, do with it. that's something to do with it because new york to me new york is the classic out of the ball out of both, both of them. them yeah new so york kills it out of the park it's it's one of those things where to me if i'm watching new york and you'll watch it well, i'll watch uh, i'll watch uh, la afterwards just yeah. because why not yeah but if uh so if new york or la is on tv midway through which one do you watch if New York is midway through, I'll, yeah. I'll start and watch it. So if but LA, if LA's LA's on, on, if LA's on and it's midway through, do you change it or do you watch it? I think I change it. Cha- I change it. Too. I would, I would change yeah. it because I think midway through he's playing basketball. And it's not. <laughs> come on, Kurt Russell. Get with the basketball. <laughs> so like that. That's that's my feel. like if it's on TV. Yeah. And I'm flipping through the channels. I'd skip over LA. But if New York is on, no matter where, no matter where it was, yeah. even if it was near the end, just I would just throw, the, yeah, throw, it, throw on. it on for yeah. a couple of minutes. So here's uh, some scenes we found that uh, we liked throughout the film. When we see Snake for the first time, he looks older and chiseled. The guard really doesn't. Uh, the guard doesn't really mess around. He just gives him to him straight. Basically, tells Snake what it, uh, how it's going. Uh, there must be forty guards in this small waiting area, all waiting for Snake to escape. Uh, Call me Snake is a nice throwback to the first film. They are now telling Snake what he can do here, and we see people get killed right off the bat. The scene, the scene morphed into him getting the lowdown on the mission. The president's daughter hijacks a plane, uh, using viral images to help Snake figure out what's going on. Snake has to go into L.A. to get the president's daughter. Snake will get pardoned again if he does it. He also gets injected with this uh, virus as well, too. Uh, he has 10 hours on the clock. That's it? That's the first yeah, scene. That's the, that's yeah, that's the first scene. scene. I mean, it's... It's just it's, setting it up, but it's a small little setup with almost, a couple different elements. The only difference between... The first one and this one is the first one. It was like a bomb. That's right. That was like injected into his neck. Yeah, and this one's a virus. virus. Yeah. Uh, Snake in the sun is kind of neat. He's ready to go, and he looks like he just wants to get to 
shit done at this point. He's driving underground, uh, skiing the LA highways. It is kind of funny. He is overloading the system on purpose. He makes a jump landing onto the shore. He sub drops off into the ocean and leaves it leaves him into LA. The sub drops fast and he's under attack. It's a quick scene, but it kind of shows us that uh, Snake's in the shit already. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was like right off. Yeah. Like as soon as he lands, the, the plane like... was there in the first one, but this time around, they don't give him any hope at all. That no. sub is gone. Yeah. It's bye bye. <laughs> the bike race is kind of a fun scene. It builds up the racing aspect of the first movie, and it kind of brings this movie up a level. Snake does not give a shit, and he needs that box, and he's plowing through anyone in his way. He's like a hurricane with nothing to stop him. Uh, then it becomes four on one really quickly. I will give you assholes a chance. It's an old, uh, it's an old fight, gunfight, and the race scene mixed into one. Snakes takes them all on with a couple of quick shots. It has like a western a, feel, almost. a western, uh, yeah, like a modern day western type of of feel to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it seems like. Snake gets captured as does the girl who talks to him. This hospital feels weird. It's like a weird way of getting. His new facelifts. Uh, the doctor is so over the top. It's kind of funny. Like we were talking earlier where uh, Bruce Campbell is really over the top in this yeah. scene. So I kind of I kind of enjoy the, the the scene yeah. because it, it does. It also gives this like comical how how it. crazy Hollywood is. Yeah. You know, that type of thing where yeah. like everyone has to look better or act better. Or Get whatever. Botox or facelifts <laughs> and things like that. I was driving uh, through L.A. one time and they had... Uh, 20 minutes or less Botox for $30. See, that's really messed up. Yeah. That, that's yeah, almost, that's, that's really, almost, really messed up. That's almost a drive through It that's, looks like a drive through <laughs> That's pretty close. Let's get some uh, stuff injected into your face to under 20 minutes or yeah. less. Yeah. In and out. Yeah. 30 bucks. Uh, the buddy cop aspect of uh, Snake and uh, Map with the uh, Stars guy, Eddie, is kind of a nice scene. He gets double-crossed and he gets shot with the shotgun he drugs snake and then they still uh want to basically map the stars that he kind of wants to be an actor again something like that everyone plays with his guns and uh gets drugged out cold yeah he has like this uh like almost james bond type of car because he like pushes a button and like these darts come out of like the dash and like knocks him out so i'm wondering how he's getting that in this post-apocalyptic wasteland did he make it he must have there's no way i mean so this do you, is. Do you hire a car guy to make something that shoots dart? Like go to a mechanic. Hey, I'll get the tires done, the oil changed, and uh, it, it's it's just real. Car. It's just real funny how the first one, right? The first one, they had to convert all the cars to steam in order to use them. The second one, they have all these like that's a nice car. That like is a nice it's car. not. It doesn't have a scratch on it. No, it's beautiful, clean. And then you get sleeping darts. Right, you get it. sleeping darts. The ransom scene is kind of slow. It's a big monologue from the bad guy. The bad guy shows his true self. It's kind of fun way that the wife is giving the president shit over the phone. It showcases what's really happening. The president does not think Snake can do anything while being captured. Yeah, it, you see that, that back and forth where it's like, okay, we hired Snake, but we really don't think he's going to accomplish this mission, so like we got to prepare for what something else. Next. Snake being brought to the arena seems like a scene out of Mad Max in a way. Snake notices the, uh, the guy that has his jacket on. It's been a running joke throughout the movie so far. 
Snake is brought on to uh, brought into a fight to uh, a nod of the first film. It's like basketball to the death. It makes the scene kind of funny for anyone who doesn't know sports. It's kind of it's called a shot clock. So we have a couple of battlegrounds of basketball or death fights. I I thought it could go either way. Yeah, when I first saw. It, I was like, oh, is it a death fight or is it a basketball right. death fight? Like, Are they what? using basketballs to kill each other? Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, like. Like ultimate dodgeball or yeah, something? Yeah, with basketball. Right. A spectacle to the death. Uh, when the death of Snake is said, it is kind of funny because he chuckles. Miss a shot, you get a shot. Make ten points, that's it. And yet the timer is clicking. Snake slowly starts to make the shots one by one. He makes every single shot. He flees the court and almost gets shot by the bad guy. <laughs> and honestly, if you're watching it, it, it's just like, you're sitting there going, why is it even in here? Like, is he gonna get shot? Is he gonna do another round? What's I, gonna happen? I would have, I would have preferred them doing another nod to the first movie, where. But too many nods could be a bad thing, though. But no, like he has to play basketball against like two ex like NBA players. That makes like, like that. wouldn't it be funny? This so I know sports, right? Yeah, I don't know sports, but it would have been funny if like a young Michael Jordan. This movie, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because this movie came out in what? 98? 98? 96? 96? So, like, like that. you could have had, like, Jordan and Pippen in there, right? Yeah. And he has to play basketball against them. That would have been funny. That would have been, like, a funny, okay, like, makes yeah. sense. But, like, he's just playing one on one. He's playing, he's playing against him. He's playing against, against the clock. Against against the clock, clock yeah. Right. And he just does this, like, throw out of nowhere and automatically makes it. He's, I mean, he's not bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he's going to make all the shots, if he doesn't make a, oh no, he's going to get shot. But he doesn't, they miss too. Yeah. But Snake escaping from down the sewer with the case. Utopia follows Snake under the sewer. She knows that he, she is expandable in this moment. There's a small aftershock and Snake is shot from behind without the case. So everything he did, he just did for nothing again. Snake drifts into the sewer system deeper without the case or the president's daughter. He ends up with Peter Fonda again at the end of the tunnel. Fonda. The map of the stars, Eddie, uh, brings Snake over to Hershey. It's a strange scene that we can see uh, Snake slowly dying. Carjack Malone was one of Snake's old partners. We did get a little bit of backstory on what happened in Cleveland. You help me. Uh, you help me. You live. That's the biggest heist that uh, they've done in Cleveland, and how they how they both kind of spin it in their own way is kind of funny. Yeah. The general who's been standing up for the missions tells the president that he has to follow through with the mission. He seems to want to make sure that Snake makes it and he does it on task. It does seem that this general is on the side of the right things. The president just becomes a stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, they, the general's like, "No, this is how we're doing it." And the president's like, "Nope, nope." And then the general's like, "Yeah, we're doing it this way." <laughs> map of the R's, map of the stars. Eddie created the diversion for the rest of the crew. It is a nice scene to let the character briefly shine. It is kind of uh, gives him a full arc from kind of the bad guy to a, a better, gooder guy. He seemed to be the talking guy of the movie, the one that's needed, but you aren't really sure why until you put him in the right kind of situation. And he plays the old look out behind you as uh, they do the Texas switch one last time. 
So pretty much Eddie is the comical part of it, I would the, say. The comical, but also the um, the guy that picks the side that's best going to fit him. That's so, right. like, first he's with that general guy, right? Yeah. And then he's with Snake. And then by the end... Double he's, cross, he, cross, double right, cross. He's, he's always... Oh, you know, when he falls out of the helicopter, he jumps out of the helicopter, all of a sudden he's like, I'm with you, general, or something like that, and it's... It's then now you're like, well, pick a side. That's right. <laughs> uh, the final fight happens as Snake lands and takes on the bad guy one on one. They both get a couple of good hits in, and a couple of uh, the cuts are fast, but it's also a longer scene. Snake brings the heat and almost kills him, but an explosion blows them apart. Snake and him fight with the device and manage to get the final kick in, and Snake finally gets his jacket back. That damn jacket. That was a that was a nice on running joke. Yes. Uh, the number one scene. It's not the ending. We'll get into that in just one second. This has to be the top scene of the film. Snake was not poisoned, and it all changes the dynamic of the story. They have to get him uh, to get this case for some damn reason, and poisoning him was the best alternative to do it. Basically, they're like just blackmailing him. Snake realizes what happens because he got tricked. Uh, they gave him the flu instead of the real virus. What can Snake do? The president really shows his true colors to everyone by trying to kill his own daughter. Snake gets the final say in the last one. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a really good ending. Oh, we're well, not at the ending just yet. But, yes. Yeah. Not, not yet, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, 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 I do, you do, I like, do like enjoy the ending, ending of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, here are some questions we had while watching it. Um, how does how's the news able to get, like, uh, why the hell would they re-elect president for life? So for life, stupidity, maybe. <laughs> it it's one of those. Okay, so this is this is how I took it. the The guy in the movie reminds me of Hitler in a, in certain yeah, aspect. I get you. Now with Hitler, they he him. was a very like fucked up individual. That's right. But he was an amazing talker, you like get people, right? So, so that's what happened. With this I guy. think that's what happened. Like, if you are an amazing talker and you make people believe that you can do whatever, whatever you can, you can right? Yeah. Uh, instead of being like the normal humans and people, we had, uh, we cut La loose. So that was another big thing. They're just like, nope, bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. Oh, oh, your your city was destroyed by an earthquake. See ya. Well, guess what? You're yeah. on your own. Did the news of the events of New York uh, are told? Are they told to everyone, or is it just supposed to be a top secret mission? Because everyone in L.A. seems to know about uh, Snake's New York mission. Yeah, like I ne see. That's what I didn't understand either. Everyone knew. Oh, we knew what you did in New York, but I thought it was supposed to be the like this top secret, secret mission. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, it's not like he left a, with a good rapport with the president no. after the first one. No. Because <laughs> so why would they say anything? Um, everyone expects Snake to be someone else, so it seems like it could be an on-running funny joke. Yeah. Yeah. Why does the guard tell us everything back to Snake? So basically, he's just retorting the first movie kind of back to us. It, it's so. What I kind of took from that was. 
it's almost like you could watch this without watching the first, first one. one. Yeah, type that's of deal. right. That's right. I noticed. You know what I mean? Like it's its own thing. Yeah, they'll acknowledge some of the previous events, but they won't go into like, oh, this is what happened, sort of deal. Because I'm one. I'm. That's why I believe that you don't see. It wasn't called like Escape Two. No, it was like like yeah. it, they literally put Escape from L.A. Yeah. So you, it, someone looking at them without without realizing when they were released or whatever. You really don't know what's what. What's what? You yeah. it could be, you could call it just a Snake Plissken movie. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Simplify it a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, I think them every so often mentioning what he did in New York mm-hmm. is just so if people never saw the movie, they kind of have an idea of who this guy yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, why don't the guards tell him what he has to do? The guards seem to be kind of scared of him at first, and they're kind of like, "Meh." Yeah, I know. At, at first, they were, they were really scared, like huh? scared. Yeah. But then, but then it's like it, it was, it was almost first like show. Yeah, you know when they're around people, out and about. Oh no, this is Snape! But as soon as they're hot behind closed doors, it's like, "No, oh, well, this is Snape." So we have some more questions. Uh, what's up with the mini discs? Don't you think that they have something better besides mini discs? No, I mean GameCube was one of the best. <laughs> was the best but but the nuclear codes though on a mini disc? <laughs> I know. Like it it is <laughs> so this far into the future in this kind of world, you think they'd have something else? You would think so, but if they I, can make if what they can what make, I'm what I'm think I think it's because we. We now live in this world. Digital era. Right. Where back then, I mean, th- this was this was around when we were growing up. We had cassettes. CDs weren't very, like... They were they a were, thing. A they were bit. a little bit of a thing, but yeah. no one really had them. They had cassettes. Yeah. So when, when you see this small little disc, they think, oh, that's the future. You have all this information on this tiny little thing. If they can turn Bruce Campbell into the Michelin Man, they can do something else <laughs> besides mini discs. I know. Uh, how virtual reality can be recorded on the tapes? Yeah. That was a little weird. That was a little weird. Like, if you're recording virtual reality, why put it on a right. tape? Why put it on a Why t- not put it on a mini disc? <laughs> yeah. So it's contradicting themselves a little bit. How many people in this space were holograms? It would have been mind blowing if every single person was. Yeah. Could you imagine? Because there like, was what a few at first, and then a lot of them. Right. Yeah. But it it would have been funny if like the entire time from when he was in the truck till till everything was done, there's not a soul there. He's just, like by himself. Him. Yeah. Right. Well, what the hell is a nuclear battery? I don't know. <laughs> That's scary. Uh, right. Is it I mean, like a, is it a nuclear-powered nuclear, battery? I'm thinking like a nuclear-powered, like, AAA battery. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Just, just says nuke on the That's side right. of it instead of Duracell. Why does it need a nuclear sub? <laughs> okay, so the nuclear sub, it uh, it would never run out of power. But it, like, destroys itself when you lands. I know. That's where the waste is <laughs> because he crashed. It's because he... He decided to, I need to get there as soon as possible because the time is running out. Yeah. And then he forgets to put the brakes on and crashes it into the island. So it's been two hours on the clock already? 
See, the clock was it, moving a little fast. I was noticing, like every time they cut to the clock, it 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 move. It's the same exponentially as faster right, than, and it's the same as the first one. In the first one, a lot of things would happen, and he'd look at his watch, and it doesn't seem like time went very far. And then, like something quick would happen, he looks at his watch, and all of a sudden, like four hours had passed. Yeah. Why doesn't Peter Fonda get a better intro? I don't think he needed one. Well, he has a good extra exit, so that makes sense. It was one of those things where as soon as you saw him, you're like, ha! I know that guy. I know that guy. Like, as soon as you saw him, like, you didn't need anything else. I loved how he played this just, like, old hippie. Old hippie. Like, old hippie surfer dude. I loved it. I really did. So how many aftershocks do they really get, and how much acid rain do you think they get? Because they got a fair amount of both. Yeah, like a lot. So, I mean, it must have been tons. And they, they talk about the afterquake. And here's the thing. They talk about the, yeah, the aftershocks. They, they, they keep talking about aftershocks, but if I remember correctly, you need to have earthquakes, earthquakes then and then the aftershocks. aftershocks. I mean, is it just constant aftershocks after the big earthquake? That could I mean, been. that could be a thing, maybe. Sunset Boulevard being a war zone, that was kind of neat. That was, that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, how much does Snake have to pay for the information? They never really discuss how much no, he has to pay. No, they, they don't. So can Snake walk through this many people without a single person knowing who who he is in this in this place that he's been into? Well, it's the same thing like the first one. He walk he walks blocks with a gun and everything, and not one person looked at him. Not one person like gave two shits. And then he goes into this one place, and everyone recognizes. And then him. everyone recognizes. So it's it's maybe it's a throwback. To it's the first maybe one. a throwback to the first one where he can like walk anywhere, and no one's gonna say anything. And then it's like, man, you look like Snake Pliskins. What is the black? Why is the black box just in the open as the parade goes through? I don't. I don't know on that one. It's just there. Yeah. Why does one guy take his jacket off, but the rest he leaves the rest of his stuff and snake stuff's all there? Yeah. He like, just leaves snake stuff. He just leaves all of his stuff. Uh, Map of the Stars. Eddie is like cabbie, and it's kind of first. It's kind of like yeah, the first. It's, it's, it's. I would say it's the same type. Same, same type, type of, of character. character. Yeah. How the hell do they get through L.A. in just minutes? If he's running, is he running? Like L.A. is pretty big. How is he getting right. through it so, so quickly without the uh, the nuclear stuff? Right. So we were discussing this actually. Like wasn't on the podcast. I think it was at work. We yeah. were discussing how it, it seemed like he got through L.A. really quickly. He, he's all of a sudden he's like here Beverly Hills and then downtown Sunset, L.A. and, and Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, Sunset Boulevard. And I'm even like even without traffic. There must be cars in the and road. How is right. he getting that? And you've been to LA. That's right. I lived there you for lived three, there. three years. Yeah. I've never been, but I even know how vast it is. And for him, and, and the time just is slowing down. Like, it's like he did it in 10 minutes. God damn. Yeah. How'd you do it that fast? What, uh, who gave the weird doctor a license? We talked about this earlier too. Bruce Gamble's doctor. Who gave him a license? Right. Who gave him a license? <laughs> I do. I really. I'd like that. I like that. That it's him. Yeah. Like I really do. And I'm. I'm surprised. Actually, it, it would have been better if they didn't even give him credit for it. That would have been. You know funny. what I mean? Just the so one everyone, day roll. Ev- everyone like he maybe mentions it during an interview or something. Like oh, everyone I, has to go back. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why is the girl so hooked on Snake already? Quick. She's like. 
whip. She's in love already. Yeah. And then she dies. <laughs> How is all the information on one set from these satellites on a small disc? We talked about that a little bit, yeah. too. But how can they put it from a satellite to a disc? That was this question. See, I don't know how. You would think you'd want to keep. See, I don't know. I don't. So there's some things that just doesn't make sense. Why is the world code 666? Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> because that's the that's the end of time. That's the end of end yeah. of everything. Yeah, but so, of all I mean, the codes, though, you could do one, two, three. They do six, six, six. They do six, six, six. Why does the president's wife sound really mean over the phone to him? She really gives him the business. So, right. She really lays I, it down I, on him. See, I love that because you see him as this, I'm the president, I'm this, like, badass. Rough. And he kind of, like, as soon as his wife is yelling at him, he kind of, like, bolts. You know what I mean? Yeah, he turns into, like, a baby or something. Yeah. So I kind of like that whole aspect of when he's around people, he's this big, tough guy. But at home, his wife wears the pants. (laughs) So we have uh, Kurt Russell just running around playing basketball, really? Like, Yeah, see, I I, I didn't really I did not. I don't think that scene was really I did not like the basketball part. Uh, during Snake going down what appears to be a water slide, best uh, slide. Uh, during Snake going down the water slide, they seem to play some pretty good music. Uh, why are they playing the music while the, he's going down the slide? I, I know the scoring in this movie was really good. Though. Yeah, but the, just the weird. But it was music, just weird. It was the music thing. Uh, surfs up, uh, big quick. Brings a fun kind of aspect to the series. That was kind of like, quite. I was like, okay, it's kind See, of fun. Scene. So it it's a fun scene, but again, it's a very it's a very random like surfs up. Yeah, you just there he is. So how fast is this wave going to go faster than the car? I mean, you're talking the car's going what fifty sixty. He must have been going fifty because he punches it. Yeah, and that so that wave must have been going at least seventy. Why fly off the Hollywood sign? Nothing taller? Yeah, <laughs> yeah not another building. Nearby at all? <laughs> no. How many rounds are just wasted to be shot up in the sky? They shoot a lot so, of rounds. There's a lot. The, all these people, they're all stormtroopers at heart. Yeah. They, you know they, what, they, I mean? what, what do you think? 300 rounds? Had to be. You had like 50, 60 guns aimed up at these guys. All just and not one touchdown. The president's just a big pain in the ass throughout the whole movie. I don't really sympathize with him at all. No, I don't. Um, Eddie does the old switcheroo a couple times pretty fast. It, at least one time you don't notice that it's as, that's pretty fast. Right, yeah. How can you aim a gun on a glider? Carefully. <laughs> You have to have one hand, and then, I mean, <laughs> what if you accidentally shoot the glider? You're going down? You're going down. You're screwed. How can everyone fit in the helicopter? Is it like a clown car? Everyone just like folds in on top of each other and then the helicopter goes up? Because they get a lot of people in the helicopter. They do get a lot of people in a helicopter. You can fit a bunch of people. It it, it kind of doesn't make sense. Because I thought of, it was a clown car. Because of the type of helicopter it is. Because when you see that many people, you think of like a military like Blackhawk helicopter, not this like, like new. Small. It's almost like this news helicopter they're using. Yeah, like, I don't think you could fit that many, many people, people in. Uh, does Snake give her the real one or the fake one? We don't know. 
where the, like towards the end he has the fake disc or fake something. He, he gave her the fake disc. Well, well at, oh, so yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. We don't know at that. <laughs> so at, at that, that po- at, at that, that point, point right? We didn't, we didn't know. No, because at that point, if if you're watching it for the first time, at that point, you're gonna sit there and think, okay, you're. He gives you think he gives her the real one because she he kind of like tells her to jump out of the helicopter to get away from everyone. So, like at that point, you're sitting there going, okay. She has the real one because she'll get away. You would think. You would think, yeah. That's all we got for questions. The ending, yeah, let's talk about the ending. Uh, we've talked earlier about pulling the Texas switch. Snake pulls a, a Texas switch on the government and the president last minute. Does he have the device and it's clearly uh, not, it's clearly his scene? It's another great what the hell is going on kind of moment. We see Snake bring the entire world back years and years as he wipes out all the power on the planet in a single instant. He also gets to enjoy a final smoke. Welcome to the human race, he says, as he looks right into the camera. The final frame is Snake, and this is Escape from LA. Alright, and that's and that's when you see that he actually gave the daughter the fake one. And he took the real and one. And he took the real one. And, uh, yeah, just putting everything back to the Stone Age. That, so, I think the ending was good. The, the ending, ending I loved, was built up a little bit, and of course he he was a hologram. Like he used a hologram because they mentioned it earlier that he lost it. He mentioned it earlier yeah. that he lost it, but that was on purpose to really to use it. Really yeah. use it later. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they would ever remake it or reboot it again? The way things are going, I honestly think they might. So if they do remake it or reboot it, what would you want it as? A series or another movie? I'd like a series. A series? I'd do like a Netflix series. Ten Parker? Yeah. Something like that. Like maybe... Kurt Russell might be too old for it, though. That's the thing. Because it would be cool to see him... You could could do a couple different ways. You can either hire a new guy, which I don't think I'd like, but you could hire a new guy. What about girl? Or girl. Either or. Either or, because... As long as they what give the persona of Snake Plissken, it could right. work. It could work. It could be like a James Bond kind of role. Yeah, it could be. It could be. A James- yeah, you're right. So either or, you could do it that way, and you could actually look at. You can make it like a prequel, where everything leading up to New York, right? Or everything after L.A. Or everything after L.A. You could do something. Or like in that. between. Yeah. Because we, um, we hear about Cleveland, but we're never really told about what really... It's, like, implied. Yeah, so you, you, you could, could do you, Cleveland, you, you could do a whole Cleveland... Oh, yeah, see, so you could... See, there's another city where you could do that. And we talked about this, too. What other city would we like? And we, we're talking about, like, Detroit. Yep. Um, Chicago. Texas. Uh, Austin. Uh, Austin, Texas. One of the, those would be cool. Boston, maybe. Washington. Yeah. So any any one of those cities would be cool, but I I like. I hope they don't. I hope they don't remake it, but it just seems like they're remaking everything. Anything and everything under right. the sun. It will. It, I mean, if they have Kurt Russell again, then it might be good. But if they don't have him, then it might not be as good. It would be nice to see see him reprise his role, but it's almost like a passing of the torch type. That of would thing. be kind of neat. You know, that would be kind of like. Maybe he's training someone to, to become Snake Plissken. Right. Sort of this concludes our series on John Carpenter here at Captivated Minds.
this is our uh, first uh, double feature episode too. Yeah. So for uh, what we're going to be doing um, when we go to finish a series uh, of movies, a series of movies, um, we're going to do random movies here and there. Those aren't going to really count, but when we throw big names out there like Wes Craven, uh, John Carpenter, there's going to be a few others. We might do Quentin Tarantino, uh, stuff like that. We're going to do double features at the end. Double features at the end to kind of like really um, cement s- it, the movies, send it. them off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll pick like some of their best ones to to do it. Um, if you would like us to review a movie or give us ideas for um, you know, other shows, um, like things our conspiracy talk, corner, or even you want us to talk about too, anything or our heavy hitters or whatever. Email us at captivatedminds two at gmail dot com. That's captivatedminds the number two at gmail dot com. Our Instagram is at minds captivated, and our Facebook group is captivated minds. And I have everything in the show notes and the email in our show notes. You can actually click on it; it brings you right to your mail. And uh, that that is it. Thank so, you. Thank you.